Hey everyone, welcome back to Adhering Apologetics. Super pumped to join us today. Today I have John, the godless engineer. We're just going to talk about like God and the nature of evidence. So John, how's it going? I, you know, it's going pretty good. Just, you know, grinding it out at work and on YouTube and stuff. So, you know, just busy, busy, busy. Yep, as we all are. So, yeah, I'm super pumped for today. We're going to talk about, like, God and looking at, like, the nature of, like, what is evidence and, like, could we say, like, what would be evidence for God or what could be evidence against God and kind of hashing out those views. So I think just at the beginning, I'll kind of, like, give, like, my kind of goals or, like, general thoughts for this conversation. And, like, one of my major goals and, like, what I come away hoping with is we can kind of get away with that from the idea that, like, there's no evidence for either side. Like, I've heard it on, you know, either side. And I've been guilty of saying this, like, as a Christian – I used to say there is no evidence against God's existence. And like over the past like few months and really probably about a year, I've kind of really shifted away from that and said like there's evidence on both sides. And I'd hope to see us in the, as a community, Christians and atheists kind of progress to saying there is some evidence on both sides. And obviously, you know, we it hashes out differently how we see it. But that's kind of my major goal for this conversation, John. And I'm sure you may disagree with me, but I just kind of want to lay that out front. And like that's kind of what I'm thinking as we progress through this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a good plan. Awesome. So I think it'd be helpful then to talk about like the nature of evidence. So in your mind then, John, what is evidence? Well, um, uh, for me, evidence would be some kind of, uh, I guess, um, uh, either, either, uh, empirical, um, uh, information or just something that's directly observed that we know to be, uh, to happen in reality or um, to, to be true. And then, uh, but uh, under this particular connotation, that evidence has to support the conclusion that you're coming to, whether that's, you know, the, this evidence is taken with, uh, you know, other pieces of evidence to, to support the conclusion. I think that the, that in order for it to be considered good evidence, uh, it has to support the conclusion that you're coming to. Okay. So, I'd be curious then maybe to talk about like, so would you say that evidence has to be empirical, John, or would you allow for like other forms of evidence? So for example, like I would say there's no like observable evidence that like other minds exist. Like I can't like put you in a test tube and like see your conscious experience. Obviously like you could physical, physicalism could still be true under that kind of model of things, but I just, just say that like you can't access someone else's consciousness. So there would be that doorway to like other kinds, but where would you fall on that um, idea? Well, I mean, I think that the, the evidence has to exist in reality. Uh, and one of those ways that we know that it does is through empirical evidence. Uh, I think that like the, um, uh, you know, the whole solipsism uh, or, or, you know, hard solipsism. Uh, I don't really think that really advances the conversation. I feel like th that particular route is um, uh, kind of moot because regardless of whether or not, you know, we can prove that other minds exist, we're still presented with this reality. So I feel like the evidence has to exist like within reality, uh, some kind of, in some kind of observable way in order for you to say that it is evidence. So, okay. So I would agree with you on, so one point I think I agree with you on is like evidence has to exist in reality. Like, so for example, like if I make the claim that like God exists, but God doesn't actually exist in reality, then that claim is false. Um, and you can say the same thing with like other things that require evidence. But where I'm still kind of like wondering as we think about this is this idea of like, so I like to, I don't like to like advertise solipsism. Like I think you're a human being. So, um, but I think it's helpful because we think about things. And I think for me, 
I have a hard time like adhering to only empirical things being like considered evidence. Um, and I'm not trying to say that that's necessarily what you believe, but like for me, like when we look at like other minds, like there's no like neuroscientific study that we can do to like access your consciousness. Like I was talking to a friend of mine at a conference who's doing his PhD in neuroscience. And he talked about how um, like we have this good mapping of the brain, but with regards to consciousness, and I'm not even trying to bring forth an argument from consciousness here. Cause I think there's like not non-theistic versions that like agree that like consciousness isn't accessible um, in an experiment. Um, but what I'm just trying to say is like, we have other forms of data beyond like merely empirical things, such as like our conscious experience that can't be like tested uh, beyond our own like minds. Well, I, I mean, are you kind of getting into the more, I guess, philosophical kind of evidence where it's, it's more, it's more or less like logical argumentation that in, that entails that some statement is true. Is that what you're talking about? Not necessarily. So what I'm trying, here's what I'm trying to get at. Um, so if you think of evidence as like some sort of, some facts about the world, something that exists in reality that supports your proposition. Um, so we look at everything that's true, everything that exists. Um, those are facts regarding like maybe like minds or like evolution or microphones or things like that. I would say that there's some of those facts aren't like empirical facts, something that's like physical that you can go look at under a microscope. Now I would say that consciousness isn't one of the is one of those facts that exists, but it's not like an empirical fact. Um, so we have things like beyond like the like the mere hard sciences that exist that we have to like account for when thinking about evidence. Well, I mean, as far as consciousness goes, I think that there are several pieces of evidence that you could bring up that would logically conclude that another con at least another a conscious exists like you know you can do brain scans and you can do various tests on the brains that would give the indication of a consciousness existing so i think that there are empirical ways that you can get to the most likely conclusion of you know other brains uh, other consciousnesses exist but I mean, I, so uh, it, I, I guess to try to bridge, you know, the the uh, what we're talking about here, I, I feel like if something does exist, then it has to exist within reality. And the mm -hmm. only thing that we know about this reality is the physical nature of reality. Like, uh, you know, you, you might uh, say materialism, like the material world is all that we know to exist. And I feel like that's a true statement because, you know, we can't prove things that are outside of reality. Uh, we don't have any way to, you know, demonstrably prove those things. Um, generally you, you have to just, I guess, sort of assume that, that there is something outside of this reality in order to, you know, uh, I, I guess meddle around with that kind of idea. But I feel like if there's any, if, if anything does exist, then as far as our universe and our reality goes, then it has to exist within our reality. And for us to know it, we have to be able to like either observe or at least observe the effects of that particular thing. Okay. So you said one thing about brain scans and I totally agree with you. Like brain scans are evidence like that, like consciousness exists. Um, so I, I totally agree on that. So I want to emphasize that with you, but then let's just going back to that. I would say that like, sure that like brain scans exist, but that's not the whole story. And like, sure. You'd agree that like you aren't just merely your brain scans. Like there is something more to you, like, which is your consciousness. Um, this is com 
compatible with like naturalistic theories of the mind, like panpsychism, where there's something more to consciousness than just like uh, the brain scans, um, so to speak. So that, then I would say again, like when we're looking at like the nature of evidence, then there is some like reason to think that like not all the data when we're thinking about evidence is just going to be like merely like physical things. Well, right. But that's why I, I didn't say that like our consciousness are, are completely contained within brain scans. I'm just saying that the, like what we can't, we can't measure consciousness, I guess, mm -hmm. in an empirical way, or at least I'm not a, a, a neuroscientist or anything like Me that. Either. So this is totally, this is totally outside of my uh, expertise. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and, and so I, I don't, I don't know if there's a way that we can quantify uh consciousness in any kind of way but what i'm saying is is that i do know that there are ways that we can quantify uh, physically these different aspects of what it means to have a consciousness mm -hmm. and then we can use that to come to the most likely conclusion that a consciousness exists and i feel like you know you can you can use this especially in in the coming age of like artificial intelligence and everything like that um blade runner is a is a pretty good example because um in in the movie blade runner um harrison ford's character his primary like job is to root out you know who's a robot and who isn't and so he runs through all these tests, right? It, but the tests are meant to determine whether or not like there's an actual like consciousness uh, in somebody or if it's just like, you know, programming or whatever. And I feel like, you know, that's what I'm talking about here are these different tests that you could run on, you know, the physical medium of this reality and determine whether or not something has a consciousness. D does that make sense? Yeah, I think I'm tracking with you, and I think we're getting closer to progress here. Because um, I think I agree with a lot of what you're saying here. Like, we, so we have this idea of like um, there being like these physical things, like brain scans and physical processes, and from these we can try to conclude that like things like consciousness exists. Um, and to me, that seems like we're using like our data, our evidence, um, looking at like physical things, and we're concluding that something exists as a result of the data of the evidence, uh, like brain scans, I guess, and that'd be consciousness. Um, this isn't something like you talked about, like things like being measurable, like our brain scans are measurable or like if you do like a, a, like a rocket experiment, it's measurable, um, but consciousness isn't measurable. So it seems like to me, like, I think I'm tracking with you because we have this idea of there being able to use like physical processes and like empirical evidence and making conclusions that aren't necessarily things that are like detectable by like a, a purely scientific process. They're kind of inferred based off of like, here's the best explanation given these things like brain scans. So does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, to, to draw, uh, another comparison to like indirect, cause what we're talking about now is indirect evidence of something. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, another good example of that would be a black holes. Like, you know, we can't see black holes. Uh, but what we can do is measure the effects of black holes, like on their surrounding, uh, area of where they're at. And that's how we can theoretically see, you know, black holes. And so, um, and to, to sort of transpose this to the, to the theistic or, or the theism uh, discussion or, or religious discussion, I, I feel like if God were to exist, 
then we could measure the effects of God in reality. Because you, every, everybody says, or at least uh, every religious person that I've come in contact with and uh, I, I've seen in, in written literature uh, says that, you know, God has an effect on this reality. In, in much the same way as consciousness and black holes, I feel like we should be able to detect you know, God's effect on this reality, even if we can't necessarily quantify like God as, as a, as a being or as uh, an entity in general, even, even though we can't quantify him in that way, I think that, or them or whoever um, in that way, I think that we should be able to measure the effects that that entity has on this reality, if at all. I think I totally agree with you. Like there wasn't much that you said, if anything, John, that I disagree with you on. Um, maybe we're going to disagree on like what are, those effects should be. Um, but in terms of like thinking like if God exists, well, there should be some effects that would like kind of like show that he would exist. And I think I agree with you on that. Um, well, I definitely agree with you on that. Cause like the way I kind of like argue for God is similar to like a Swinburnian approach where Swinburne uses a lot of like scientific explanations of saying like looking at the the effects. Um, so is there anything else you want to say on the nature of evidence or maybe we could talk about like what that would look like for like the existence of God? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we can, we can move on to that aspect of it. Uh, if you want to, I don't really have much else to say about like what is evidence other than, you know, it's, uh, some, uh, some, some information that you can use to prove your conclusion and that that in order for it to be good evidence, it has to one support your conclusion, but two, it also has to sort of exist within reality. You can't just make up some piece of evidence and say that it proves your conclusion. Um, you know, if it doesn't exist in some kind of fashion, then I think that uh, I, I think that you don't really you don't really have that evidence. I mean, you have this idea of what, uh, what a good piece of evidence is, but you don't have the evidence, you know? Yeah, no, I think I agree with you on the definition of evidence. Like I had in our notes that I sent you before, like I think of evidence as something that makes a proposition more likely to be true. So like if we take mm -hmm. the example, like the case of brains, brain scans, brain scans would be expected if like there are conscious minds that exist in like an embodied form. Um, whereas the, if they didn't exist, it'd probably be like, very unlikely that like conscious life would exist or anything like that. So we could say that like brain scans are some evidence for consciousness. Um, obviously, like you could try to like explain away the data and like you and I would both agree, like maybe like the young earth creationist has some sort of explanation to try to explain things like the fossil record, but it's really not a good explanation. Um, it's something that we'd probably both agree on unless you're secretly like a young earth creationist, John. Um, but <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> so like, I think, I think we agree there. Like evidence is something that makes a proposition more likely to be true. That's in the data that you're using to draw your evidence from has to be something that actually exists in the world. It can't be something that you just make up. So I think we're on the same page. Okay. Okay. Good. So I'm curious then how would you go about saying like, what, what would be evidence for God? So for example, like I would say like something like the existence of moral conscious agents, people like you and me who can think and make decisions and have relationships with each other and God, if he exists, would be more likely if God does exist than if God does not exist. So since that data exists, like we exist and it's more expected on like theism than atheism, and I'm using like hard atheism, like if you were to say there is no God, there'd be some evidence for theism. Um, and I'm sure you disagree, but how would you go about saying about like there'd be some evidence for God? Um. 
Well, I mean, I, I really don't know uh, what that evidence would be. Uh, I, and and obviously I disagree with, with the moral argument, you know, as, as being evidence for God. I, I understand how you come to see it as evidence for God, but uh, that's where I get I get a little bit nuanced in what I say, uh, because I, I generally say there's no good evidence for God. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's that's kind of how I differentiate it. But as far as like what would evidence for God be, uh, you would need to be able to prove, you know, direct causation of some phenomena uh, like, you know, um, pri- prior to knowing how uh, the, the water cycle worked. You know, we had we had this notion that God caused it to rain. God caused it to snow, hail, thunder, lightning. All of those things were because of God. And uh, if if you could somehow prove that some phenomena like like rain or or something that happened in this reality uh, could could just absolutely not have happened unless God intervened in this reality and did something, then um, uh, I, uh, I think that you you would have good evidence for God if you could prove that. But that's a that's a pretty, I mean that's that's a pretty hard thing to prove in general. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think there's two distinctions here we need to make. Out one is like good evidence versus evidence. Um, so like I'd be willing to say like maybe there is no good evidence. Well, I would I would totally disagree. But like I'm fine for the sake of this conversation that like you saying there's no good evidence for God. But then the question still remains, like, is there evidence for God in the first place? Like, maybe there's, is there anything that would say, raise it from like probability zero to like 0. 0.0001 or something like that? Um, well, I'd be curious, like, what would you say on that? Yeah. Well, I mean, um, one of the, the principles that I usually use whenever I'm trying to determine like the most likely conclusion for, or most likely answer to any kind of question is to never pick zero. (laughs) So I I wouldn't, I wouldn't start off with zero. I I think that there is like a a small chance that a God could exist, but um, uh, we would just need like a substantial, uh, substantially strong evidence in order to say that he does exist. Um, and so, uh, something, something that would raise, um, uh, something that would, that would raise, you know, the, the likelihood of God existing, uh, would, would just be any kind of direct correlation. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it other than mm-hmm. just a direct correlation between this idea of a, uh, um, uh, an entity that exists, um, I guess outside of the universe and has, and, and he's like, he's the only reason why this particular phenomena happened. And you know, that, 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 that's the only explanation that makes sense is that this phenomena happened, but that that's a very generalized look at it. And um, I, it's a lot more complicated than it sounds because you essentially what you got to do is rule out, every other explanation and sometimes that's nearly impossible to do mm-hmm. and so you would just it, it, w- it would need to be some event like that where you could rule out every other possibility and then you know you could prove or then you would have good evidence to say that well god did that so i think there's some points i agree with you on so like if you look at like say like 
Craig, like William Lane Craig's general apologetics, he tries to do kind of like what you're describing. So for example, his fine tuning argument, he tries to say that like fine tuning design is the only possible explanation um, for fine tuning, assuming there is fine tuning in the first place. And I'm not a fan of that kind of like approach because like, I think there's like reasonable options that like the atheist or naturalist could hold to Like maybe saying it's necessary. doesn't mean it's a good explanation, but you can't just like rule it out a priori or really without argumentation. So I, but I prefer like a fine tuning argument where you just say like design is more likely if God exists. Um, so maybe I'd be curious in John, like, would you say that there is evidence for God? I know you don't think there's good evidence, but would you say that there's any evidence in the first place? Well, I, I do believe that there are things that people use uh, for evidence for God. And, and I think that, you know, as, as stated that it's, it's evidence, but it's, um, I don't think that that evidence actually supports the conclusion. And so um, generally I I'm very reactive in nature when it comes to like, like even a general theistic type of God. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm very reactive in nature. So like if somebody brings a piece of evidence to me and says, aha, this proves God. And then I take a look at the evidence and you know, I, in, in my own like subjective conclusion of the evidence, it does not support that conclusion. So that doesn't mean that it's necessarily not evidence. It's just not good evidence that supports the conclusion. And so I, I think that um, a lot of people kind of go um, maybe, maybe not too far. Like, I think that they just go a, a, a little bit further than they should with the, you know, there's no evidence for God because obviously there are things that people consider to be evidence for God. And on its face, like, like for instance, the Kalam cosmological argument on its face, it, it's presented as, you know, evidence for God. Now, whether or not that evidence proves the conclusion is a totally different question. And, um, I, so I, I don't know, I, I feel like it kind of went roundabout <laughs> with answering uh, your question, but, uh, maybe, maybe there was something coherent in that. Yeah, no, I think I'm, I'm tracking. There's a couple threads and obviously like it's a very complex topic. So you can't just like go through all of it in just like 20 minutes here and have it, have all the answers. Um, but I mean, it seems like to me, like we both agree that like there is evidence for God, even though you would say it's not good evidence. Am I right there? Am I tracking you? Well, yeah, it's well, and more specifically, it's not good evidence, and it doesn't support the conclusion. Is uh, is is how I would specifically word it. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you mean by doesn't support this conclusion? Because it seems like to me, like if the evidence um, isn't expected on the conclusion, or more, it's more likely that than not looking at like its competitors, then like it wouldn't be evident. So, like thinking about like young Earth creationism again, like the fossil record seems super unexpected on young Earth creationism. Um, whereas on maybe like a theory where the earth is a lot older, the fossil record is probably something like what we'd expect. Um, so then like that would be evidence that supports the conclusion that like the earth isn't 6,000 years old. So it seems like to me that'd be evidence. So I'm confused what you mean by like evidence that wouldn't support the conclusion. Well, so it, it it's when you, um, so how you determine whether or not a piece of evidence support the conclusion that somebody is coming to is you, you got to take a look at like, 
the the different pieces of of the evidence so let, let's take your young earth creationism thing like the fossil record is more like if i uh, let me know if i got this wrong but the fossil mm -hmm. record is more likely on the assumption of an intelligent designer than on no intelligent designer is that is that the, uh what you said the fossil record yeah no i would say so i'm thinking about like for like an argument against young earth creationism. It's like the fossil record mm -hmm. is more expected if the earth is old than if the earth is like just 6,000 years old. That was kind of what I'm getting at. So there'd be some evidence oh. that the earth isn't 6,000 years old. Oh, well, I mean, yes, uh, obviously the, the, yes, the fossil record is definitely evidence against um, the, the uh, earth being old. And uh, with that, I mean, like just taking that argument right there, you would have to look at, well, um, you know, what, what does it, what does what the fossil record mean? Like what is, um, what is the fossil record? And then you go into that and you figure out how fossilization works and how that takes millions and millions of years. Uh, you figure out uh, the geologic column and how, you know, that was laid down over millions and millions of years. You take a look at the positions of the different fossils in the geologic column and you realize that there's no way that, you know, like a, a flood destroyed everything and created all these mm -hmm. fossils. So, I mean, it, you can see how the, the fossil record and everything that encapsulates it is good evidence that says the earth is older than 6,000 years. Um, and so you, you would want to take a look at the individual aspects of whatever argument that you're using. Let's, uh, let's take the, uh, the moral argument, uh, for, or not, sorry, not moral argument. Let's take the design argument. Like you were saying that, um, mm -hmm. that it, that the universe being designed is more likely if an intelligent designer, uh, exists. It, it did, I, did I capture that right? How yeah, you that's right. Mm -hmm. That's how okay. I say it. it's more likely if God exists than if God does not exist. Well, the way that I would look at that is I would uh, first look at the claim that, you know, the universe is designed and it kind of seems like there's just a presumption there that we find design in nature. And, um, you Can know, I interrupt for a second, John, if you don't mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Okay. I, I just don't like interrupting. So I wanted to make sure, but I would just, just to refine it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even make that in, that inference that it's designed i would say just the existence of moral conscious agents um so like people like you and me the existence of like human beings okay. um is more likely on theism than atheism so that way i don't smuggle in design because that can hold that can carry a lot of baggage um okay well, well okay well uh, yeah i mean we we can do the the moral and the consciousness uh aspect of it too mm -hmm. um so like as far as looking at the this this moral argument that it's it uh moral and conscious creatures are more likely if an intelligent designer exists. But uh, the problem is, is that, uh, you know, I, I don't see any direct connection between morality and God. Uh, it, you know, earlier I was talking about how you would have to rule out every other possibility. And the problem is, is that morality uh, a moral sense seems to be an emergent property of complex nervous systems that's the reason why we see multiple different animals other animals in the animal kingdom uh, exhibit some sense of like uh, a moral foundation like you know you've all seen the cute puppy videos and uh the the uh, of course there's the other apes 
out there that also show a sense uh, at times of, of morality. Um, and, uh, and there's also in those respective categories, uh, um, you know, examples of, of extreme cruelty. Um, and I, I feel like that's all congruent with like human behavior and this idea that, you know, uh, morality is just an emergent property of uh, a human brain. What you would need to do is you would need to prove that the only way for somebody to have any kind of moral knowledge is because this uh, intelligent designer or uh, intelligent uh, creator or whatever being uh, exists. And I, it, it's a really hard bar to to overcome, but it, you know, that's, you would need to connect those two. And currently right now, I don't, I don't see that connection. And so that, I mean, that's how I would kind of, I guess, analyze that it, it's totally subjective. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, but, but I mean, I'm perfectly fine with that, with it being subjective because it's very obvious that, you know, uh, the moral argument does convince people that God exists. And so they mm -hmm. consider that to be evidence. And I, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, tell people, well, that's, you know, that's not evidence, like just in general, I, I would say that's not evidence of God. Uh, that that's how I would phrase that. Not, not denying that argument as being evidence in general, just that it doesn't support the conclusion that you come to with it. So I think there's a few things that like, I could agree with you on. So one of them is the idea that like, obviously like our conclusions are going to be somewhat subjective. So I think like Peter Van Ingwagen, who was an atheist professor and eventually he became a Christian, talked about how like when he was at like his crossroads, he was like, in one sense, I could see the world as like ordered and designed by, like a rational mind behind it. And on the other on the other end, I could also see like there being no God behind everything reflecting on like suffering. And he generally was like really like 50-50 almost on it. Like he could see it both ways. So I think that like, you know, like you and I look at the world from like completely different perspective, well, not completely, but like at least in the context of like God existing or God not existing um, in different perspectives. So here's where I think like the definition of evidence that I brought forth in the beginning, and I think you agree to it or something similar to it, where I'd say it's yeah. something that makes a proposition more likely to be true. Um, I think this is helpful here because I think that like when we're looking at like moral conscious agents, like that definition um, and saying that like it's evidence for God allows that like there's possible like evolutionary his explanations for like the existence of like our ability to like make moral decisions um, and be conscious and things like that. It just says that this mechanism, like whatever that created us, um, when we look at the conclusion and thinking of like all the ways the world could have been if God exists, it's more likely that we'd like exist in, that we'd exist in this way than if God does not exist. Um, so that's kind of where I get be at is like, cause when you're talking about like these different mechanisms, I was like, yes, yes, yes. I agree with you. Like that's definitely a possible explanation for these things, but I'm just thinking about like, is it more expected on theism or is it more expected on atheism is kind of what I'm trying to get at. Well, I, I guess, um, the, the whole being more expected on, on theism than atheism. Um, I mean, with, with morality and, and, uh, consciousness and everything like that, for all that we can really determine, those are natural properties of, um, complex nervous systems. I don't see how it's more likely on theism than atheism. Uh, I don't, I don't understand what tips it in the direction of theism. Mm -hmm. uh, because like, for instance, rain, uh, would not be proof of God. Right. Mm -hmm. I we agree. can agree with that. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
Rain, uh, and I'm you. I I'm just using this as a very basic example. Uh, you know, there's a natural process for rain, uh, the the water cycle, and so we understand how that works and how it doesn't require God in order for it to rain or for the water cycle to operate because it's just a natural process. In much the same way, I see our moral knowledge and our consciousness as being just another natural process that doesn't require a, a intelligent being in order for it to be there. So mm -hmm. I, I would, what I would need is to consider it like to be uh, like a, to consider the moral argument to be a proposition to make it, to make a God more likely true would, I, I would need to know like how, like why is it that God is required for natural processes to happen. Like why, why is God there? Because what I end up usually getting from, from people is just this presumption that God is required for natural processes instead of connecting those dots, instead of saying, well, natural processes couldn't happen unless, you know, God did this, or, you know, this is the evidence that God, mm -hmm. you know, causes natural processes to happen. Yeah. Okay. So going back to the beginning, are you fine with like my definition of evidence? Like it's just evidence is something that makes a proposition more likely to be true. I mean, I, I do agree with it. Uh, but I think that where generally the disagreement comes in is whether or not the proposition makes it more likely to be true. Okay. So going back again to our, like we talked at the beginning at like brain scans or evidence for like consciousness, like the existence of consciousness. Like we have, as of now, we have no like lab test or something like that that can show consciousness exists, but we do have brain scans, which seem to indicate that there is like the existence of consciousness. And these brain scans, this is our data that we know about. This is like more expected if consciousness exists than if consciousness does not exist. Um, we're on the same page there, right? Yeah. Okay. So what I would say then is, we could use that same similar argument with like um, moral conscious agents. And what I didn't do is explain like, why would we expect this if God exists? Um, so you're right to bring up that point as we were talking. And what I would say is that like, if we think of God as a perfect being, I'm going to add, I'm going to put that as my definition of God. If he's going to create, he'd create good things. Um, and surely we'd say that like our existence is good. So there'd be, so if God was great, we'd have some evidence that like something good would exist. Um, such as us. Whereas if we reflect on atheism and I'm using hard atheism again, if we think about like what God, God does not exist, what would we expect the world to look like if God did not exist? And I think we're left saying, well, we just don't know because the foundation is indifferent. Maybe there'd be nothing. Maybe there'd be some sort of evolutionary process that allows for like things like you and I to exist today. Maybe there's like 10 molecules. Maybe there's 10 million. We just really don't know. Um, whereas if God exists, we'd have some inclination that there would be like a creation of good things um, in existence. So by that, I would say, okay, well, we have a little bit more reason. I, well, I'd say a lot, but like for the sake of this argument, I can say just a little bit more reason to think we would exist if God exists. And this allows like okay. God creating through some sort of like evolutionary process or something like that. Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm a, sorry, my, my uh, glucose alarm is going off. Um, no, it, it's going high. Um, so we can both agree that like, uh, so, so we, we can both agree that um, on on atheism or on theism, the water cycle is just as likely on both, right? I wouldn't say just as likely. I would say that both can explain them. Um, 
So that's what I would say. Well, so how I, how I, how I laid it out earlier was that, you know, the, the water cycle is a natural process mm -hmm. and that in natural processes don't require, as far as we know, God's intervention in order for those processes to work. So uh, I, maybe, maybe you can explain to me um, that, you know, on, uh, on the idea that God definitely doesn't exist versus the idea that God does exist. I don't see how rain would be more likely on either position considering that natural processes don't require a God. So it, it, to me, it seems more logical to say that, well, that's neutral evidence. Like that's, that's not really evidence for the conclusion that you're coming to of which one's more likely. It just seems um, moot, if you will. Yeah. So I think for me, where it comes down to, to what it entails so for example, like if I'm right, like God would have some reason to create conscious life, he'd probably need some sort of like ecosystem to support them. Um, and that may involve a water cycle, which is why I'd say, well, maybe a water cycle is more expected if God exists because it's going to allow for an environment, which is going to allow for like moral conscious agents to exist. I think I do agree with you that like if we're taking something like that's totally random that has like no moral significance, like say like stardust, um, maybe that would be like indifferent and not support like either position, like the existence of stardust, if it has no relevance to like anything outside of itself um if you track what i'm saying well I, I mean i get what you're saying and and i get that you can explain why the water cycle would exist given you know uh an intelligent uh design not not designer but uh, an intelligent creator um mm -hmm. I, I get that you can kind of explain that but I, I guess what i was getting at was that um you know, it does, it doesn't require God. So mm -hmm. that means that, yeah. So, so that means that it's no more expected on atheism than it is on theism. Um, I, I mean, uh, both like, like, just like you can come up with an explanation for why God would create the water cycle. Mm -hmm. I can come up with a reasonable explanation through the different physics that goes on with the water cycle and everything like that. Why the water cycle happens without God. So mm -hmm. we're still kind of at an impasse with the 50-50 split on, you know, water being more likely on either worldview. Do, do you see where I'm, I'm, I'm headed with that? Yeah, I think I'm tracking with you. So like if we go back to our example of like young earth creationism in the fossil record. So if we're going to say like, sure, like sure, the young earth creationists could have some sort of explanation um, from maybe adding a bunch of different like auxiliary hypotheses or something to explain like why we have a fossil record the way we do. It, but it's not going to be a good explanation. Even if they could explain all the data, like you and I would agree, like that's not a good explanation. A better explanation is just the earth isn't 6,000 years old. Um, so in the same way, I would say like, you know, like you could have your explanation for why like conscious life exists um, from an atheistic worldview. I just think that, like theism is still that better explanation. So there'd be some like reason to move towards thinking that God exists, even if it's not like a significant reason. Um, so that's what I try to get at, like trying to think about like saying there's evidence for God. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I think, so we've talked about like, um, what is evidence? Something that makes a proposition more likely to be true. And you would have a little bit of reservation and, but you'd say something similar. And then we've said that like, we seems like we both agree, like that there is some evidence for God, even if it's not good, you would not say that it's not, there's no good evidence for God, but would you agree? Like there's evidence for God is. I, I would agree that there are multiple pieces of evidence that people use to prove God and, and use for God. 
so I mean, I, I, I would agree with that. Okay. So I still want to say like, Oh, John says there's evidence for God when he doesn't. That's what I'm trying to avoid. Cause I really hate when you misrepresent other people. So if I say John says there's evidence for God, am I wrong or am I right when I say that? Well, uh, I mean, it, it, it it's a lot more it, like it, it, it's a bit more involved than that. It, it, so mm-hmm. like, the, that that's why I gener- I generally never say that there is or isn't evidence for God. Mm-hmm. Um, I generally say there's no good evidence for God, mm-hmm. and uh, it, my my position on it is is kind of complicated and hard to encapsulate in like one sentence, because it's it's like I agree that people use certain things as evidence. I don't consider them to be evidence that proves their conclusion. So that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that it's not evidence of something. It just means that that evidence isn't, uh, doesn't prove the conclusion that like God exists. And so um, I, I would say an accurate sentence would be that there, there is evidence that people use for God. Okay. Well, I would agree, like, um, that there's evidence that people use for young earth creationism. I would just say it's not good evidence. Um, so I think maybe we're on a similar track there. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe we could be helpful to talk about, like, saying that, like, there's evidence against God. That might be helpful to talk about in this last bit. I'm sure. So I think, so for me, like, I would say there's no good evidence against God's existence. But I would say there's, ev- well, maybe it, it depends on how you phrase it. But I would say there's evidence against God's existence, even if it's not good. Um, so, for example, like I, reflecting today as I was driving to work, I was thinking about animal suffering for whatever reason. I was driving and I was like, what if I just run over like a cat right now and it suffers and dies? Like, that would be terrible. And I, I was thinking, I'm like, well, if God exists, like, why is there a world like this? Um, whereas if like God doesn't exist, well, it seems like possible. Like, well, it's just the way it is. Um, so maybe there'd be like some evidence against God's existence. But then you have to build into that idea like, well, there's the idea of like this whole like structure with conscious life in the first place. And maybe that would weigh in favor of theism. Um, but broadly speaking, I would say like the existence of like gratuitous sufferings, like say like a person running over an animal and it suffers and dying is more expected on God not existing than God existing. Assuming one important thing that like conscious life exists in the first place. Um, not getting into like which view of the world better explains the data. Um, so maybe you're tracking with them what I'm saying. Maybe I'm just rambling. So I don't know what you're thinking, John. Well, I mean, it th- th- this is where the nuance of God comes in because mm-hmm. it depends on what you mean by God. So let's think uh, of God just as like a perfect being. Um, maybe if that's helpful for this dialogue. Well, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know because because I don't I, I don't know what a perfect <laughs> being like would be. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that perfect being is uh, a lot more specific than general theism. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like because. I can only think of like specific uh, definitions of God that describe him as a perfect being. Okay. So maybe um, we should think about it as like, a ne- so I think what I used when we debated way back when 18 gazillion years ago um, was like a, a mind that created the universe um, is what I said. So maybe mm-hmm. that would be more helpful. Well, uh, as, as, as far as that goes, um, I really don't think that animal suffering is a good argument against uh, like, god existing i think that it's a good argument against uh like the christian god or any any god that is said to be omnibenevolent um mm-hmm. i i i think uh, or or um you know um 
I, I guess really just omni benevolent would be the only the only characteristic that I would think of that would preclude him from allowing that kind of gratuitous suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's say happening. God is omni benevolent because like that's what I at least I believe. Um, right. So. That's generally, I mean, generally in these kind of conversations, you're talking about an omni benevolent god Mm -hmm. and so like gratuitous suffering would be a good piece of evidence against that god existing because i don't i don't understand how you could be omnibenevolent and and allow the suffering to happen like i I feel like if you're omnibenevolent you would definitely figure out a way to accomplish whatever goal without the gratuitous suffering because if you're omnibenevolent you're not you don't want that to happen and mm-hmm. i know that a lot of uh, a lot of apologists will get around that by just saying oh well you know according to the bible eve ate the apple and therefore we're really responsible for all of the uh sin and and death and suffering in the world um, and, and that, that's kind of the, the Christian view of it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you would argue it that way, but uh, a, a lot of times uh, people do. And um, that still like presumes like the truth of the Christian God in order to make that work. And um, uh, still, though, I think that even given that explanation, I would think that God being this omni benevolent being would still try to figure out a way to not a like to not allow this gratuitous suffering to exist. So mm-hmm. I, I, all of this is getting around to for an omnibenevolent God, gratuitous suffering would be an argument against it or evidence against it. Would you be fine if in like five minutes we go to maybe some questions? Cause I know there's a good pe- oh, bit of people. Watching oh yeah. I, I've, se- I, yeah, I've seen a, I've seen a few people come in with some good questions. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll try to go back, but if you can now, if you have a question, guys, put it in the chat right now. Put like a queue or something next to it, and we'll try to get through a, f- a few of those in like five minutes um, or so. So put those in, and we'll see what we can do. But I'll just respond to that briefly. Um, so I think I'd agree with a lot of it. So like, for example, like the existence of gratuitous suffering, like we have, like Christians have like theodicies and defenses we could point to. And like, I wouldn't say merely the fall. Um, like, I think I read a good book by John Schneider, who's a Christian theologian. He talked about like why the fall isn't enough to really explain animal suffering because God foresaw the fall, at least under like Christian theology. So he knew that this is going to happen. So you can't just blame it totally on human beings. Um, but you know, that's kind of besides the point. So, I mean, I think, I don't know if we're, I think we agree on this point. Like there'd be evidence against God, things like suffering. And for me, I'm going to have to put in that caveat that conscious life exists. I don't like just saying suffering in itself because I think that it's going to be, theism does a lot better job explaining conscious life, but that's beside the point. So, I mean, I think we both agree then like there is some evidence against God and some evidence for God. It seems like. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I definitely feel so uh, I feel that way is especially for specific definitions of God, but I just want to uh, make sure everybody knows that for the, the general theistic God, that's a very basic definition of like a, a personal God. Uh, I don't think that that kind of God needs to be omnibenevolent and he mm-hmm. could exist and allow gratuitous suffering. So it all really depends on what definition of God that you're talking about, what definition of God your evidence is trying to either um, disprove or, or uh, somehow show that uh, it's not true. Um, it, it just depends on the definition of God that you're, you're discussing. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I think that's a good point to leave it. Um, you good if we do a little bit of questions to wrap up? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, so we have a, a question from Apologetic Squared, which says, um, if an asteroid hit the moon and the debris split out, Jesus is Lord in every language, would God's existence be like a required explanation? Uh, I mean, I don't think so, uh, because I, I don't think that we would be able to rule out like uh, some entity, uh, you know, out in the universe doing that, um, you know, uh, th throwing or, or hurtling an asteroid in a specific way. And then it ends up spelling all that out. Um, I do agree that it, uh, that that would be an odd formation, um, especially in the multiple languages and that would entail some intelligence behind it. But I think that it's kind of a leap in logic to go from that to God, because obviously uh, we're a, a conscious, uh, intelligent, some people are intelligent um, uh, species. And, you know, we, I mean, we could conceivably do that. You could figure out a way to like, you know, pull some kind of magician trick to make it look like, you know, um, an asteroid hit and then, you know, uh, all of that stuff was spelt out. Um, so I, I, I disagree with the leap from an intelligent source did this to God is the intelligent source. So I guess where I would stop, it would be, oh, so there was some kind of intelligence behind this. Okay, thanks. Um, we have a question for me from John V, which says that, is it possible that there's the existence of an evil God, one that wants the, the suffering of creatures instead of the well-being? I would say it's like epistemically possible. So we could at least conceive of an evil God existing. Now, I don't think that it's possible beyond the epistemic because I think like if we think of God, like I think of God as like um, a maximally great being or a being that's purely positive. So there's all things that it's like maybe like better to have than not to have. So like it's better to have like power than no power, knowledge than all, no knowledge, things like that. It seems weird to have like, it was also like maximally evil. Um, so you have this purely positive being, all the positives, all the perfections. Then he has like this imperfection. Um, being maximally evil so it just seems really like weird to me to add that on and then we could also look at the world like i think the world could be a lot worse um than it is now so that's kind of my general thoughts obviously there's like the evil god challenge and things like that to go further so is there anything you want to comment on here john um i mean i i think evil god is probably just as likely as uh any other definition of god um and i mean uh, I, I I just would think that you would need evidence to suggest an evil God exists. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, another question from Squared, which says that um, if something seems to be true, so for example, like if it seems to us that like there are moral facts that exist, is that seeming some evidence for the proposition being true? Um, I can go first or second. It's up to you. Oh, uh, you can go right on ahead. Sure. I would say yes. So, for example, like, it seems to me, like, that there are more facts. So there would be some evidence, even if it's not good facts. Maybe you have defeaters, like, um, of an evolutionary expl explanation or something like that. And same things, like, it seems to me that, like, other minds exist. So that would be some evidence for other minds or, like, for religious experience. I think that can be evidence to, like, people. Um, maybe it seems to them that they got to exist. Um, so I would say yes. But obviously, like, if there's defeaters, then it wouldn't be good evidence and things like that. So that's my take on it. Uh, well, I mean, it, it depends on what you mean by seems to be true and, and the example given, I, I disagree with, so I don't know if maybe, uh, uh, apologetic square can come up with a better example because I don't think that moral facts exist and especially moral facts independent of a mind. Uh, 
so I, I, uh, I think that's kind of a bad example, but um, I, I think that if, if some, I think that something can be like, I guess, true in reality. Um, like, uh, you know, uh, we all have moral knowledge uh, that, that seems to be true. Um, I don't think that that necessarily means any certain proposition is true. I think that uh, sometimes it takes multiple pieces of evidence. Uh, and uh, I, I think that um, it really kind of depends on what you're trying to prove with whatever evidence you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe I'd say that like, I disagreed. Like I have that very strong seeming that there are moral facts. Like, so for example, like if someone like um, did something terrible to my sister, I'm not just gonna say, Oh, that's just, you know, it's, it's just subjectively wrong. I'd say, no, that's just wrong. Like you can't do that. Like I've had that experience with other people um, where they'll say or do certain things. And I'm like, no, that's just wrong. Like you can't do that. And I have that seeming, maybe there's some sort of explanation through like an evolutionary mechanism or something like that, but it's still just like, I have that seeming, which is some evidence for that proposition. So, I mean, that's where I lay. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any more questions relevant to like this kind of debate. Cause I don't want to get too far off topic. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, we talked about, like, how does how do you define evidence? Like, I said something that makes a proposition more likely to be true. Maybe you just want to reemphasize that, John, what you'd say. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I, I ultimately agree uh, with, like, what, what that, that, because I feel like the something that makes a proposition more likely to be true is evident, uh, is an example of good evidence or what, what I would consider to be good evidence. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, if it actually makes it more likely to be true, but mm-hmm. if it's uh, just some kind of, of um, uh, information or data that is used to, you know, prove something to be true uh, in a very generic sense, that would still be evidence. Um, it just, it's a little bit, it, it, a little bit nuanced on, on the different uses, I guess, of the word evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it'd be helpful to kind of like, as we wrap up here, um, probably the last question, thinking about like, well, obviously this is going to be very person-based, like thinking about justification. So I think about like quantum mechanics, which I know like basically nothing about, but there's a bunch of different theories and like, how do we like try to understand like how quantum mechanics works with like the classical world or like how quantum mechanics is involved with or not involved with at all, like consciousness. Um, and there's a bunch of different theories and we don't really know. There's some things that may seem to make like certain like ideas about that more likely, but we really just don't know. And obviously like it's going to come into like um, each person has different views and like based off of like their priors and like our experiences, and things like that, they're going to come to different conclusions and like, that's okay. Like we can be rational and hold different views. And I think I would say something similar towards the, ex- as like the existence of God. I, I don't think it's like 50, 50 or anything like that. I think there's really good reason to think God exists. And I'm sure John disagrees with me. Um, well, like we can leave open that like there is just like the, it's going to be person based. Each person looks at the world differently and thinks about things differently. And we need to recognize um, the beauty and how we're just like individually different as we like explore these issues. Uh, well, yeah, uh, I, I, I agree with that last part. Um, but I would say more specifically, my position is agnostic when it comes to general ideas of God. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, I, I'm very much a hard atheist when it comes to specific definitions. So okay. I, I would definitely disagree with you in the context of like Christianity, but mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't disagree or, uh, well, I, I would remain agnostic on like the general idea of, of God, as far as whether or not there's good 
evidence for or against it. Okay. Well, man, I think this has been a really great conversation and I've like, I've learned a lot just from talking with you and I'm hoping people listening have done the same. Is there any like last thoughts or things you want to say, John, before we wrap up here? Um, just that, uh, conversations like we're having between two people that are very, you know, opposed to, uh, mm-hmm. opposed in, in, in our own general beliefs uh, around this context. Um, I, I think that, you know, we need to start having more of those conversations where we're not looking to just insult and berate each other, but just, you know, have good conversations about where we differ. And I think that we accomplish that tonight, uh, you know, on this stream, because, you know, while we differ on, on a good number of things, we actually agree on a good number of things too. And I think that, you know, we, we all just need to realize that there's not a lot of difference, uh, between Mm -hmm. both sides as far as all of this goes. Yeah. I I think I just like emphasize everything you said there, John, because I agree with you on our, like, it's so important to have these conversations because it's so easy to be tribal and like I'm guilty of it all the time, especially like when we're like texting or whatever. Um, but like having conversations like this helps to like humanize people. Um, and thinking about like, like John's a human being, even though I've never like met him in person and like complimented his like, Oh, I love your beard in person. Um, maybe one day. <laughs> but like it makes it like, it's just, it's better. Like, it's just like, it's it, recognizing people as human beings is just super valuable. And I appreciate that. And like, it seems like, mm-hmm. like, like we agree on the nature of evidence. We agree like there's evidence for God. We agree there's evidence against God. And like, I'm a theist. John's an atheist. We disagree on a lot of stuff that goes beyond that. But like there's some common agreements and there's something beautiful about like hashing that out. So yeah, thanks, John. Oh, thank you for having me on. I always love coming on and, and uh, talking uh, with you. Yeah, well, def- hopefully I'm sure we'll do something again, but that's it for today. I really hope you found this edible. Everyone that's listening, encourage you to subscribe to my channel if you're new and subscribe to John's channel. It's added in the YouTube description so you can check it out. And we'll see you next time. So wish you the best. And thank you again for coming on, John. Thank you. All right. Bye, everyone. Have a great night. Bye.